Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Fired Up Radio. It is Monday. I am your host, Anthony Hanson. It's so great to have you guys with me today. Today, we are continuing our series through the book of James, chapter 3. We are going to be covering verses 2 through 12 today. I'm so glad you guys are with me, that's for certain. You know, it's just... There's a lot that's been happening. God's been on the move within the ministry that I'm a part of, uh, within my personal life, and I pray that he's doing the same with you guys. You know, with all that being said, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, share on Facebook. You can look up the podcast, Fired Up Radio, right in the search bar, or type in the handle, at Fired Up Radio 93. Again, that's at Fired Up Radio 93. You can also find all previous episodes, all previous Monday episodes, Warring Wednesday episodes, and Final Thoughts Friday episodes on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, and every episode on Facebook. That's right. Just as I'm done recording and publishing episodes, they get uploaded straight to Facebook. So that way you guys can also find and enjoy them there. Okay, so with that being said, let us pray, and then we're going to dive into James chapter 3, verses 2 through 12. Again, that's James chapter 3, verses 2 through 12. Okay, so, Lord, we thank you for this day, because you are the creator of the heavens and the earth. For you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You know all things, you see all things, you hear all things. Therefore, we believe that you are good and that you're faithful and true in all that you say and all that you do. Lord, as you have given me the opportunity to speak these words and bring forth correction through revelation, through knowledge, through understanding, and through practicality, Lord, I pray that you deal with my heart as well as you deal with the hearts of those who are willing to sit here and listen. Lord, we just give you all the honor, glory, and praise because you're faithful and true. Lord, I ask for your spirit to, to be released and to move. Give me, I come, may your glory be made known. Not my glory, but your glory as I come to you as a humble servant with a humble heart and a submissive spirit. I give you room to move and to operate as you also deal with me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. That being said, James chapter 3, verses 2 through 12, reads like this. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is mature, able also to control the whole body. Now if we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they may obey us, we direct their whole bodies. And consider ships. Though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how a small fire sets ablaze a large force. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue A world of unrighteousness is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and itself, and is itself 
set on, fi on fire by hell. Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind. But no one can tame the tongue. It is restless, evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives? My brothers and sisters, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt water spring yield fresh water. You know, there's there's a couple of things that this portion of scripture points out. Number one, it's all in the matter of self-control. It's all in the matter of self-control. Notice the opening verse of verse two. Okay. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is mature, able also to control the whole body. First off, I want you to notice that this whole section of scripture is all about controlling the tongue. Number two, I want you to also notice that it revolves around the fruit of the spirit of self-control. Galatians 5, 22 through 23 talks about self-control being one of the fruits of the Spirit. Throughout this portion of Scripture, we see what can happen just through speaking through the operation of the tongue. It can bless people. It can curse people. It can bless the Father, but also curse those that were made in His likeness and image, being you and I. Through our tongue comes through life and death. Because as Luke chapter 6 points out, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We speak life. We speak death. We speak blessing. We speak curses. Through our tongue, we can create offense. Through our, through our, through, through our tongue, we expose bitterness and anger. Through our tongue, we rise and we fall. Scripture shows us that the tongue is like is likened to a double-edged double-edged sword that rightly divides bone and marrow, soul and spirit. It's through our tongue that we can inflict hurt, but we can also speak life. And rebuke. This is what the word of God is showing us about our tongue. You know, before I was recording this, there was an incident that took place with my son. And I will admit, I did not do a good job in taming my own tongue. Really didn't. 
I got loud. I growled. Got angry. My frustration was seeping through my pores. Because of this one incident that happened this morning, particularly dealing with my oldest son. It frustrated me because he knows what he's supposed to do. Granted, he's six, but to me that's no excuse. Because he knows what he's supposed to do. He knows how to do it, but yet doesn't do it. For whatever unknown reason, and it frustrates my wife, frustrates me. Why? Because he's not dumb. He's a very smart kid. Very smart for being six. We can't hear it enough times from his teachers. Seriously. He's pretty smart. He's a, he, he, he captures everything. Yet, for whatever reason, he dropped the ball this morning. Out of something that we do out of routine on a regular basis. I lost it with my wife about it. And I was dealing with somebody else about it. Because they got caught in the middle of it. Because it's where my wife lives at the moment. God willing for not too much longer. But. Pardon me. But. You know. It. It, it gets to me. And it, it, it really triggered something on the inside of me. Because all it did was bring nothing but strife and anger and miscommunication. I don't know what's been going on lately, but there's been a lot of miscommunication. And my wife and I stopped talking for a minute. We went our separate ways. She did what she had to do. I was at work trying to get things moving along. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? I got to be the bigger man here. Because I want blessings over my wife and my family, not curses. I want God's favor to stay upon me, not curses. Because the word of God says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor with the Lord. Because that's his daughter. The only way any man can marry a marry a girl, yeah, can't talk now. The only way a man can marry a woman is if he has the favor of the father. Whether it be natural or spiritual, don't matter. You have to have favor with the father. You have to have the blessing of the father to do it. But the moment you you hurt their little girl, you're going to face the wrath. To be honest, I didn't want that to happen. So I had to deal with it. I went to my wife. I humbled myself. And I asked for her forgiveness. 
for getting loud, for getting angry with her, for diminishing her in my own sight. That's why I diminished her. When I get loud at my wife and I start saying things I shouldn't say and I get angry at her, <clears throat> guess what I'm doing? I'm diminishing her. I'm not seeing her as, as a co-laborer of this family, as a co-laborer when it comes to bringing up my children, as a co-laborer when it comes to the spiritual needs of the house. I diminish her. I diminish her value. I diminish her worth. I diminish her position. See, some of you guys don't see that. Women, you too. Quite frankly, you women have the same issue. But that's where we need to step up. The only way to override any curses that we have spoken over our spouse and over our children and our neighbor is by being quick to repent and being quick to humble ourselves. Recognizing where we went wrong and how we miscommunicated the whole scenario. And then coming back the right way and acknowledging where we went wrong and what we were trying to convey. That's how you do it. That's what the Apostle James is teaching us in verses 2 through 12. Because when you start speaking out of turn, when you begin speaking with the wrong tone, when you start picking the wrong words, and you start pulling your punches, guess what? A small fire can set a whole forest ablaze. Small words can misguide someone, can mislead someone, can cause them to move in the realm of offense and operate in bitterness and resentment and anger Versus compassion and understanding. See, this morning, I operated out of anger and my wife started to operate in the realm of offense and resentment towards me. She doesn't have to say it. I already know it. How do I know? Because of past trauma tells me so. And how she was responding to me, I could already tell. When we learn to have control over what we say and what we do, we learned earlier in the book of James to be to, to slow to speak and quick to listen. Be slow to anger and slow to speak. Instead, ask the question, what are you really saying? What are you trying to convey? Is what what what's the heart of the matter that we are trying to adjust, that we're trying to, that we are trying to talk about and deal with here? Because a lot of times our words can be misguided. A lot of times we're speaking out of emotion versus concern and thoughtfulness. 
That's what happens. So, the question becomes, where do we go from here? How can we build immaturity in acknowledging that we sinned against each other? But how do we get better? Where do we go from here? And to be honest, it all starts with how we position ourselves with God. Yeah, that may seem cliche. That may seem normal rhetoric. That may be so, quote-unquote, outdated. But in reality, if we don't, if we're not already washed in the Word, if we're not spending our time with God through prayer and through fasting, excuse me, and if we're not heeding to the voice of God and already having our antennas up when we wake up first thing in the morning, knowing what is the Spirit of God and what isn't, then we make ourselves vulnerable to the things of the enemy. Point blank, period. So, I want to talk about a couple of key ways to have our antennas up when it comes to the things of God. To heeding the voice of God and being discerning of the atmosphere and the spirit thereof that tries to come against us. One is by daily meditating on the Word of God. Meditating on the Word of God. Taking Scripture, or we all got the Bible app here, right? If If you don't, download it. It's actually a very helpful tool. Because as you're working, going about your day, you can go ahead and grab a book of the Bible, pending whatever version you you you, down, you you download on the app, and it and the Bible can be read to you. Currently, I'm going through the Book of Luke. I already went through the Book of Revelations. I already went through the Book of Deuteronomy a couple of times. Now I'm choosing the Book of Luke. Why? No, no. But I felt the need to go through the Book of Luke. I felt the need to go through the Gospels. So, I'm going through the book of Luke. I'm on chapter 9 right now. Because I keep getting interrupted. Why? Don't know. Probably Satan doesn't want me to listen to the book of Luke. For all I know. He doesn't like it when I listen to the Bible, period. But guess what? I'm going through the book of Luke. Sometimes I have to go back a couple of chapters and re-listen to what I was listening to. Why? Because it's his word. There's something in his word that I don't want to miss. There's something in his word that equips me for what is to come. On my way to dropping off my son and my wife, I was actually going through, again, James chapter 3, verses 2 through 12. Yet the very thing that I was reading is the very thing that I was going through. 
I was not controlling my tongue properly when it comes to dealing with my wife about certain matters in regards to my son. Shows how it is. God will deal with you and warn you just before it happens. God warned Cain before he killed Abel. Do not allow bitterness and anger into your heart, for it is a foothold of the enemy. For it is as if a a roaring lion crouching, ready, seeking whom he may devour. It's in your Bibles. Genesis chapter 3 and 4. It tells us about Cain and Abel. It tells us what happened with Cain before he killed his brother Abel. You tell me. You cannot tell me that God does not warn you before you do something stupid. Well, why did God stop me? Because free will. How is he going to expect to teach you if you don't learn it yourself? You got to go through it sometimes in order for you to understand where you're going wrong. It's a time for growth and development. That's what teaching does. God taught me where I went wrong. I repented of it towards my wife and I repented to God where I went wrong because I did not bridle my tongue. I was not slow to speak. I was not slow to anger and I was not quick to listen. Yet his word tells us earlier in the book of James. Yet I didn't do it. So I failed. So one way to discern the voice of God is by continually meditating on his word. Listening to the word of God. Listening to preachings and teachings is point number two. You know, Mark Driscoll of Trinity Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. He's going through the book of James himself. He actually just finished covering this. Not just, actually. He, he finished covering it a while ago. But it's a teaching that I just finished listening to last week. And it's interesting how everything just correlates and just works together. You know? So, one is read is meditating on the Word and listening to the Word of God. Two is through preaching and teachings. Number three, prayer. The only way you're able to discern what is what is not of the Spirit of God is through prayer. And the only way you know what is not of the Spirit of God through prayer is by reading the Word. Because when you read the Word, you, act, you can actually see where God's exposing what is not of Him and what is of Him. And when you start praying and you're sensing something that is not of God, then guess what? You know it's of Satan. You know it's of the wickedness and the principalities and the prince of the air. So guess what? You now know what to combat against. And all you got to do is go back and read the word and find preachings and teachings against that very spirit so you can combat it. You see how all this works together. The fourth and final thing, actually, the fourth thing I would say kind of coincides with fasting or with praying is fasting. Fast. 
three days, five days, seven days, two weeks, 21 days, 30 days, 40 day fast, whatever it is, give it up. Give it up. You want to experience more of God's glory and more of God's power? Seriously? Fast. There's nothing that will draw you closer to God when you lay down your idols and give them to God and allow Him to deal with whatever mess you're going through or that you need Him to move in. Or it could just be that you're fasting to make intercession on behalf of your wife, on behalf of your children, on behalf of your finances. For, for, for God to intervene on your finances, for God to intervene in, in your in your job in the marketplace, for you for God to intervene for the ministry, for marriages, for for brothers and sisters in Christ, whatever the case may be, the nation, the the city in which you live in. Fasting is a key part in drawing near to God. With fasting, you incorporate prayer and reading the Word of God. And the fifth and final point to discern in order for you to understand the difference within the spirit is worship, praise and worship. It don't matter what you're going through. When you praise God, you release a spirit of confusion over the camp of the enemy. It don't matter what you're going through because, you know, God, the father is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end for his name is above Every name, for every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. His name is above every situation. His name is above every every circumstance, every disease, every sickness, every infirmity, every every financial woe, every relationship, every issue with relationships, whatever the case may be, his name is above it all. So when you begin to praise and magnify and worship the name of God, guess what? You begin to enter his glory because his word says that he inhabit the... He inhabits the praises of his people. So when you begin to praise God, when you begin to worship his name, when you begin to magnify his name, you cause God to come down from his throne and to be within the situation. When you begin to magnify the name of God, he begins to move on your behalf. And the very things that are not of him begin to be drawn out as dross is removed from, from gold. So for gold to be purified, dross, the impurities have to be drawn out. Guess what? Through your praise, through your worship, through, through, through as you magnify the name of God, the very impurities that are within you, God will begin to expose it. And he'll begin to deal with you on it. And it will begin to be drawn out. Because guess what? Sunday at service, let me tell you something. God's glory has been showing up hardcore. The ministry that I'm a part of. And I praise God for it. That my pastor is teaching us about the glory of God. And how to get into the glory of God. And how to sustain how to sustain the glory of God within our very lives. Guess what? Satan don't like that. And he's going to expose himself. Stupidly, may I add. And try to hinder the growth and development within the spirit so guess what in order for satan and any impurities and any wickedness to be drawn out it comes through worshiping and magnifying and praising the name of god 
through fasting, through praying, through meditating on the Word of God, and by listening to preachings and teachings that are based on biblical principle. That's what needs to be done. This is how we're able to be mindful, not mindless, be mindful of the presence and discerning of what is taking place within the atmosphere and within our very lives. And discerning and knowing what is of God and what is not of God. What is what is from the kingdom and what is counterfeit of the kingdom. I say all that to say this. Be careful what you say and how you say it. Meditate on God's word. Speak life and not death. Be discerning of the atmosphere so you know what's really behind it. Because remember, we do not war against flesh and blood, but to, but against the principalities, the rulers of the air, and the darkness of this age. That's what we war against. Okay? And then we put on the full armor of God. All right? Just be mindful of that. Be aware of that. Alright? Because it's through your tongue. Blessings and curses come. It's through your tongue. That healing. Begins to manifest. The same tongue that you praise God. And you honor the Lord. You also honor your neighbor. You're to honor your spouse. You're to honor your children. And dealing with honors, a whole we'll deal with that on a whole nother day. If you want, this is a shameless plug. Go on YouTube, look up Faith World Live Chicago, and you'll find the past several Thursdays, starting with Pastor Albert Guerrero. Then Chopper Ward, then uh, 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 Nikki Winston. If I'm not mistaken, the time before that, Evangelist Matt Cruz, all talking about honor. You want to equip yourself in regards to honor? Those are the four messages you. I I I challenge you to sit there and listen and to take notes on, because with honor comes blessing, gener not just blessing for you, but generational blessing. And when we honor people, we give God room to move. Because with honor, honor is tied to faith. I'm just gonna just a little nugget for you to for you to, to you to chew on so you can actually go and look at it. Alright? With that being said, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. Lord, we ask for your help to help bridle our tongue so we may be able so that we do not speak out of turn. So we do not speak curses, but we speak blessings. We speak life. We, we speak that we build each other up, not tear each other down. That we do not release the spirit of offense. That we do not release the spirit of bitterness and resentment and, and anger. Because man's anger is not righteous, as it tells us in the book of James. But Father, that we speak your heart. That we speak about the things that concern you. That we honor our neighbor. 
We honor our spouse. We honor our children. We honor our leaders with the very same breath in which we worship you with. We love you, Lord, and we give you all the honor, glory, and praise because you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you for today, and we give you all the honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' name. I love you guys. Don't forget Facebook. Type in that search bar, Fired Up Radio, or put in the handle at Fired Up Radio 93. You can also find the every episode on Spotify, anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, and on the Facebook page. I post every episode up there as well. All right? Don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And I will see you guys on Wednesday, Forewarring Wednesday. I love you guys. Have a blessed day. Bye.